It's a new year, and in this third season of the podcast, I'll be interviewing people who are active members of our Australian music community. You'll get to meet Aussie singer-songwriters who you may have likely yet to discover. Also, people who are a part of the glue that keeps this community together and so strong. Like what you hear? I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it, but also to share it with your nearest and dearest. Come on, let's go. Come behind the music with me, LED. Some would call the number eight a lucky, lucky number. Right here, I'm very lucky today on this episode of the podcast to be having a chat with Will, otherwise best known as First World Boy. This guy has a huge year ahead of him. He's had some huge years behind him as well, and we're going to be hearing from him very, very soon. I do want to, at this point, also extend a very heartfelt thank you to Corey and Jono, that is Corey from the Corey Talks podcast and Jono from the Biz with Jono, who has come along for this ride yet again in season three. If you want to connect with them, I'll make sure that their links are in the show notes as well. But right now, make sure you've got something to to snack on, something to enjoy while you're sitting here having a listen. And if you are driving, please make sure that you're driving safely. We want you to go and find First World Boy after this episode. We don't want the journey to stop here. Here's my chat with First World Boys, Will. Behind the music with LED. Hey, Will, how cool is it that we're here right now? Hello, LED. For months I've been wanting to have this chat and... You're a busy girl. (laughs) You're a busy man. My first memory of finding you was, who's this first world boy that posts lots of really beautiful scenic pictures of Queensland's coastline? And then I saw something about donuts and I went, yep, yep, Will is definitely someone I need in my life. And it was at that point I realised you have been on quite a journey and the journey does not stop here. So firstly, who is First World Boy? Well, where you probably found me, Ellie, was uh, on my Instagram, it was just started as a GIF. So it was like um, a lot of the times in business when I was doing my own businesses, it's still, it's always about, uh, it's always serious, you know? And I sort of looked at using my spare time with music and also really just getting um, more of a give in my life. You got more satisfaction than always just chasing the job and the work and stuff like that. At the time that I started posting, I'd sort of come to a point with my music where it was like, I'm in the studio recording. What was gonna be the next step? What's the point of putting out an album? Like I'll put it out today and it might take me months, years of work. And then the next day it's gone. Like it's just, it's, it, or it's almost becomes this personal project. And I sort of thought, you know, you think about all the different narratives and all the different businesses, and, and especially in the music game. And I was like, okay, how do I make music more for something I don't want to do? And then secondly, if I put in the same energy in my music by finding a path that I had done in my businesses, well, is there an opportunity to, to make music more full-time? Really it came down to, unless I find a way, there's no real point in me doing it because I'm just following you know, you ask, you're sort of asking the wrong questions to the wrong people. So you, and if you don't have your own plan worked out, you can sort of end up in other people's ecosystems. So like, you know, um, music competitions, you've seen all the ones that we've had on TV where the people sit in the chair, get, get millions of dollars, and the person who wins the competition gets a $100,000 recording session. And then, then at the same time, I was noticing there's lots of these storytellers out there who are 
intermediate musicians but really good storytellers and then started to see there was really good musicians who aren't being put together like uh, I live in the Gold Coast so it seems in every street there's a world-class musician how do we bring them together to create more music and then how do we work out just a simple path to have a you know in our journey of sound really looking at how we can keep it really simple and it's not easy though but just really simple instead of because we get distracted like we get on and we consume things and then there's a thousand different ways to do music and then you start to look oh hang on hang on who can i speak to who is it about the latest um latest thing or is it about the old way of doing things and then i started to look at that and i thought well the old way there were gatekeepers and in the new way now the gatekeepers are in our head and so now it's like well hang on can we put the two together can we put the old and the latest together create a different way to do it that's really simple and it just takes advantage so that initially it was just me being selfish like okay this is how i can see to do it i've spoken to people with industry experience i'm a bit of a tragic fan to go to live music just sort of trying to work it out and i thought well it's not just about me so is, is there something more i can do and then tie that in and then sort of my instagram profile grew from there what are the important components of what i do creatively every day that can be involved in really working towards the craft like getting the song worked out and then moving from that through the different stages. So I sort of worked out a five-step plan, like a little framework, and that's what I use, and that's what I'm using now. Yeah, some really big questions that you pose there, Will. Big questions that I, I wonder how many people have had the same thoughts and the same curiosity and just not known what to do. So our listener can't see this podcast. It's an audio product. But I can see behind you, there is a poster that talks about the artist business. You talk about these five, this five-step formula. Is it something that you can share with our listener right here, right now? Yeah, actually in March, we decided to launch like a little free training video. So uh, the, our web address is um, journeyinsound.com. So just one word, journeyinsound. And that enables people to see the, the simple five-part model. And it's really looking at what are the daily, weekly, monthly, and annual things you'll do in a business. And then because music is, your song has to become a business, then you, it's just looking at the behaviors, the strategies that you use. Because every day when we're creating, we're, we're discovering obstacles. And we just looked at, okay, if we can know that on any given day, you can just look at your simple plan and say, okay, these are things that we can do. These are five things we can do. Which one are we going to do today? So it's looking at short-term versus long-term behavior. Also looking at things that, which, which I really discovered um, that helps people the most is efforts based that are free versus efforts that are paid. So if you don't have money when you get up in the morning to do that thing you wanted to do, there's a free behavior you can do related to it. You know, I, I mentioned just previously about the annual behavior. That annual behavior scoops up all of that free effort that you didn't get paid for. Because a lot of the times we can measure paid because there's a motivation, it's costing us money, we need to know if it's working. But there's a lot of peripheral behavior that we do. So what can we do along that journey each year, same as a business, that then we harvest all of those efforts. So what I've done on Journey and Sound, you just uh, put in your email, it gives you a free little training video. And I've also made up a uh, like a poster in Canva 
and so you can just download it, send it to like Officeworks or wherever you get your printing done. They print out the poster and you can use that to, to remind yourself the five important things that you can do. Yeah, it's up in my office, Will. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if, I'm, if I'm okay to say this, and I don't say this with any disrespect to anyone else that I've interviewed or anyone else I'm supporting in this Australian music community, but you are by far the most focused that I have come across. I would like to hear, and I know, part of your journey, but I'd love for you to share more. When I say focused, I feel that, you know, some people learn best by just doing, going out and making it happen. Others are perhaps more analytical and want to do their research. And so can you share with our listener and me, where are you at the moment? Because I know that coming up later this month, you've got recording time. Yes. So you're yes, it's a, it's a good point. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, actually. I found the first time uh, that I stepped into my music more full-time, it was just by doing. But then when I'd hit an obstacle, you go to ask the question and the person you're asking, so I'll give an example, there was a band at the studio who had 76 fully mastered, live, uh, uh, they all practiced live over about five years, all ready to go and they just got their first song put on Triple J. And they made their own. They made a lot of their own instruments. Um, sometimes they'd have a live show, and the lead guitarist would make a guitar that week, like painting it, building it, have it for the show. Excellent show. And he just, I thought to myself, they're really talented. Sort of like a Foo Fighters crossed with a um, um, Van Halen. Like that real, that sound and the skills, the guitar level was unbelievable. The the um, rock level was quite high, and I thought they're at another level and they can't find a way and i think there's a mixture also between the narrative like what's the narrative like how do you see the industry do you see that you have to follow a prescribed pathway where you pay money someone does this you pay money or do you try and control some of it and so i started realizing when i came to my obstacle was wasn't getting it recorded it was why bother going the next step so i went into a analytical phase and one of the things happened is i thought well um, one of my businesses i was running got really busy and it was like okay i can't now do both although I'll, uh, being creative as you know we'll all try and do 10 things at once um and so it's the journey's been trying to get it towards music so i thought right if i'm putting the effort in this business i'll sell the business and then i'll create a business in music uh, and so the things I had to go through I had to get a basic understanding of music so I went to some music programs that are on the Gold Coast I spoke to people who are doing really well um, in the game and really getting an idea of we can go on one hand the business plan is important but then at the same time we still have to have the song and a recent example um, would be so like Tones and I one person writes the first first or second most streamed song on the planet for last year so so but then we say we have a look at um, Justin Bieber and he has eight songwriters who get old b-sides and flip them and then yeah that that's that sort of business machine they've made their own machine but then we at the same time you can't you've almost got to have the song the craft down pat then you've got to have a team of people and so your collaboration is not just the music it's the team of people 
who take you, that you work together, then you play to your strengths. So, and a lot of things, a lot of times creative people try and do the whole thing themselves. And that works in the beginning, but as you grow and cycle, if you keep to do this, yeah, your brain is designed to become more efficient, so you'll actually get smaller. It's because it'll just keep pulling things out of the way instead of you learning the skill to delegate. So the process, music, business does this, but I think music more so than anything, it actually forces you to become, to grow as a person. And the first place you do that is the craft on the stage. The second place you do that is collaborations. And that's like you and me right now collaborating. That might be your song. It might be how you um, uh, celebrate your audience, how you interact with your peers. And what do you do around, so some people just want to be involved in the studio. Some people want to be involved in all these little things. So how do we break it up to know where we are and where we want to go? And so the journey has been a mixture of doing it, hitting an obstacle, now analyzing. Now I've come to that full point and now I start back on the music this month in the studio. So talk, so, talk to me about your music because I'm very curious. I, I know that you appreciate live music, but uh, I haven't heard any of your music. Yes. So that's actually, so this is one thing I've been really, um, which is because some artists will, will give you a riff of everything they're working on all the time, which you should do. And that's where I'm at with my social. So I'm spending a lot of time celebrating my peers and my audience. But now it's about bringing the next stage, which is the performance. And I think an artist should, should do that weekly. And what I found is I, I've been doing some work in the studio this year, but you have to be careful. Well, what I found is on the way to find the studio that I wanted to work in, the ones on the way were sort of a bit cookie cutter. Look at this, ta-da, and you're like, oh, no, 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 but we want to, oh, well, we'll work on that next time. So I was getting caught in another little ecosystem. So I was like, right, I, I'm not. So one of the skills I decided is I, I made sure to get to the studio I want, I was introduced. I wasn't, I wasn't just anyone coming off the street. And the difference was I got a meeting and I've got to book a time. And, with, and then I've got a better, better team there, if that makes sense. So... Uh, and then I've just got sort of garage cuts from when I, when I just stopped and my kids listen to it in the car. And, and you know, I think it's funny, some song, songs you can cringe, but there was one or two that I think I threw out because the producer said, oh, that's such an earworm, that's so annoying. But I just didn't know. And I've heard it since and I've gone, oh, wow. Like, where did I, where did I come up with that? <laughs> so I think the, the, the problem I can have is by uh, not expressing the journey in regard to my music is I'm also forgetting the little the little nuances that you're learning or, or you know creating or throwing out along the way. So really, even I know it now. It's like right, um, it's now just to so uh, so one thing I'm doing to help me um, just move that next step because this month I decided to shift everything I know onto a platform. So I don't have to do it one by one by one. But with the music, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll look at, you'll get my rough cut of the song, then you'll get it live, like at a local club, and then I'll give the studio version and I'll release that. And part of the idea of that is to try and key each song into a 30 day cycle. 
And really, once the first one drops, then I have to follow the 30 day cycle every 30 days. And people can say, well, we, we, do a, we do an album. So the reason I came up with this, you do an album, might take you three weeks, and then you uh, launch the album. Some, you notice, uh, and then there's crickets. But what I'm saying is that um, if you release, if you could record the album all at once, but if you release one every 30 days, you use that with the plan to develop. At, uh, I suppose uh, leveraging the attention, so you're building your audience towards the album launch. Then when the album launches, the, one of the one of the things I notice with marketing is that the audience is still the best way to promote your music. Yeah, so one of the things uh, we need to do is say, right, how can we, because we can spend money on marketing if that's what we want to do. And, but the, the benefit, the best thing to do is to look at how your what the value of your audience is and that is really the key so if you've got your song your craft down and you're showing them your role now is to build that audience but not only that it's actually to increase the value of your audience every year on year so they might come and see you once for um one song they might take uh, spend a dollar or they might stream but the end result is that you want them to their value will increase, whether it becomes merch bundles, live shows, uh, things like that. Or they give you access to a peer. Now the peer, we forget that the audience is already there. So think of it like you're at a festival, you're just starting out, you're in the small tent. And then over across the way, there's the, the guy with the world number one. Or like, um, I think we saw Cheryl Crow once and the place was packed. And, and you look at the difference between those those people are nearby. So how, how do we, in regard to the value of your dollar, how are you gonna be able to do it? You can't, you can't afford to do that to attract those people. So how can you interact with that peer? And then, then that, that's also a macro thing, that's directly working with the peer, or it's a micro thing, interacting, like using social, uh, and then moving from there. So if we were to take it back to the five part step that I'm trying to use uh, with my music is to go, okay, once I drop the first one, that's my journey in sound, it begins for that, that album. And it's, that's gonna be somewhere between nine and 11 months. And then over that year, I can measure and develop my audience uh, in different ways. So an example, in my social, I celebrate my peers and my audience in my, um, that'd be a daily thing. So here's a question that seems to worry a lot of artists. I don't want to spend all day doing content. Now, one thing they, you don't have to produce all the time, but make sure when you consume, it's of your niche. It's of what you're doing, creative stuff. It's not just doing, because I, I know we can find something on YouTube and go, wow, like, isn't that interesting? But then your brain goes, hang on, you should have used that to be something to do with music. So you're trying to just make sure your consumption is focused. And what happens instead of daily create, creating content, you're daily interacting or learning from what's out there, your audience, um, learning what they want, what they're looking for. Same with your peers. How do they work? What are they doing? Because we forget that a lot of the bigger artists, they're pouring a lot of assets into working out what works. 
So why don't we model it? And that's what we should be using our consumption Yeah. Uh, what you raised there has me thinking to last night. I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse, as you probably figured out from my Instagram. And last night in a, in a club called Australian Music Club, uh, which is headed up by Claire Mooney at Triple J, there was this question asked about how do people feel that Shepard released their album, Kaleidoscope Eyes, and the way in which they released it. It was not... It was exactly almost similar to what you're talking about now, that life cycle of drop a song and build that um, expectation so that when the album comes out, I, I just feel like uh, we don't have enough time today to really be fleshing out everything that you've got to share with us. And so what I'm going to do, Will, is I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm not only going to be encouraging our listener here today to be reaching out to your website. It's Journey in Sound. Yes. Yes, journeyandsound.com. I'm also going to go back to as far back as I can over the past five years, and I'm going to connect every Australian singer-songwriter, musician, band, and producer with you because... You know, I've I've read your ebook. I had that opportunity to do that. I just see there's so much value in the research that you've done. I mean, it it speaks for itself. It makes sense. And the question I keep asking it, I keep asking the question I keep hearing others ask me: Why is what I'm doing? Why is A, B, C, D, E, F, G not leading me closer to where I want to be? And, and I feel that what's been missing, people in the Australian music community, many are still looking at it as a hobby and not looking at it as a business. So today, I really want to thank you for opening our eyes and our ears to something which I feel we all, even outside of music, we could all in business be thinking differently about. And I like to say this podcast is a little bit like walking into a restaurant. You get the smell of the food. Mmm, that smells delicious. I'd like more. And I really hope that our listener today is feeling like they've wrapped their ears around what you've shared so far and they're hungry for more. Yes. Thank you, LED. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, journeyandsound.com. And that'll just give them really the rundown for free. Just hopefully giving them um, promise of that you know if it's if the music's going to be a business it can start out part-time and i think that's how we all do things but the problem when it's part-time is things like motivations or just simplicity that's what's just a simple thing you know like we brush our teeth before we go to bed what's the one thing i can do today that's going to move me forward a bigger picture and at the same time it helps their brain see a vision because sometimes we talk about things you know motivating us but we should have something at the end pulling us and that's if we can see that whole journey mm. uh, in sound that we're creating for ourselves then we know what we're doing we're not worrying about um you know being better or anything like that we're just trying to say okay what's a new way to reimagine our music and our and our audience it's- this, this is amazing stuff, Will. It really is. And I'd like to invite Oh, thanks, you. Ellie. Appreciate so, it. Let's stay in contact. I want to know when you're about to release your music so that I can come yes. back and, and share it here on the podcast as well. Yeah, great. And um, you'll see more. It'll all tie in as it's all coming together. But uh, it's very exciting. Thank you thank very much for your time, Ellie. Thank you, Will. It's been a hoot. 
your ears will love you. Osnow Radio. Streaming now at osnowradio.com.au. Now to have a listen to Who Jono from the Biz with Jono suggests we should be having a listen to here in Australia and in the Australian music community. It's your time to shine right now, Jono. But who would oh. you like to pass? Who are you going to pass the baton on to? Who are you shine a light on today? I am going to... Now, a light needs to be shone on this man, and I think it's coming from the heavens above itself. His name is Carl Davila, an independent powerhouse pop artist. His new album, War Cry, is out now. He's also one of the world's top tribute singers for Prince, Bruno Mars, Daft Punk, and even James Brown. He has also, he's done the rounds, he's doing really well. Uh, he's appeared as a judge on Channel 7's All Together Now and Channel 9's The Voice. Uh, each song he sings is heartfelt and raw, and that's what I love about him. Check out In My Father's Hand to see what I'm on about. Or it could be In My Father's Hands. Just depends if he's got two. Much love and appreciation to my colleagues, Jono and Corey, that join me for this third season of the podcast. Also to my guest, who was an absolute delight to interview. Catch you next episode. Got a question for industry? Send it through to hello at ledofficial.com. This is Behind the Music with LED.